0: sisters and brothers in our Lord Jesus Christ, like many people my age, much of my childhood was narrated by Fred Rogers, the gentle-hearted Presbyterian minister who hosted a children's show called Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. His gentle smile, his careful and peculiar way of speaking the way that he took big and complicated emotions and helped me to make sense as a child of what was going on in my own soul. These things formed and shaped me as a kid and many others. Over the past year, we've been experiencing something of a Mr. Rogers revival. Sixteen years after his death, It's hard not to hear his name or see his picture. Books and movies and documentaries and articles about his life and work and influence and legacy seem to be everywhere right now. There's no doubt that Fred Rogers was an inspirational man. He was able to speak virtue and values into the lives of a whole generation of children in North America. Many of us have ingrained in us the opening litany of his show. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Could you be mine? Would you be mine? There was a beautiful practicality about Mr. Rogers' programming, a very this worldly focus, even while it was rooted in the principles of the gospel. Mr. Rogers gave us tools to help us deal with our emotions in constructive ways. He helped us explain complicated things that were happening in the world, things that grown-ups talked about and assumed we just would never be able to understand But most importantly, Mr. Rogers taught us that we were special in the eyes of God, that God saw us, that God loved us, even when the world sometimes made us feel like we were invisible, like we were a burden, like we were broken. Mr. Rogers captured and presented the truth of the gospel in a beautiful and deeply personal way. I read an article this week uh, by a minister, a reformed minister, who reflected on this Mr. Rogers revival. And he wrote that one of the things that Mr. Rogers recognized was that to be human is to be broken. We are all broken broken by the curse of sin, by the corruption of evil in this world, we are all fractured. And all we have to offer one another are these broken pieces of ourselves. And in a world that constantly demands nothing less than perfection, we are never enough. We are never enough for each other, we are never enough for ourselves, and we are certainly never enough for the perfect God who we want to worship. In our brokenness, we cannot love others the way we should. In our fractured lives, we cannot serve God the way we ought, and we all fail. And it's this failure that the powers of this world capitalize on. Our feelings of failure, our feelings of brokenness, our feelings of never being enough. The powers of this world in the face of that brokenness offer us idols that claim to be able to make us whole. Buy this product that will make your life easier Use this app to manage your time. Wear this bracelet to track your health. Book this trip for a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And when all these things leave us still feeling empty, there are a thousand more things for us to buy. And none of them will bring us healing. None of them will make us whole. None of them will ever take away that feeling that we are not good enough. And this is where the this-worldly nature of the gospel pierces through the din and noise and busyness of our lives to speak truth. Because the heart of the gospel is forgiveness, not in some heaven by and by, but here, now. Forgiveness in this world. Forgiveness for this life. Mary's song, the song that she sings at the end of our story for this evening, is almost discomforting in its focus on this world. So often we make the gospel a story, a spiritual story, about our souls going to heaven when we die. But Mary's song cuts through that spiritualizing tendency and grounds us firmly in this world. On this earth, in this life, this world that God has made, this world that is broken by sin, this world that is being saved by the work of Jesus, this world. Mary's song confronts us with the very this-worldly consequences of the good news of God's victory. The proud are scattered, the powerful are brought low, and the rich are sent away. While the poor are gathered in, the humble are lifted up, and the hungry are filled with good things. These are the great things that the Mighty One has done, Mary sings, for me. Sisters and brothers, the song of this pregnant teenager does not allow us to lift our eyes to the sky when we speak of God's promises or of heaven. In her vivid imagination, heaven comes crashing down to earth. The victory of God cracks through the very foundation of our, idol, of our idols. The forgiveness of God splits open the lies. Of the powers of this world. Mary's song invites us in this life to reject worldly definitions of success, of progress, of upward mobility. Instead, she invites us to become poor, to become humble, to allow ourselves to feel hunger, so that God can raise us up, gather us in, and fill us with good things. Mary's song invites us to tear down the idols in our hearts and allow God to light the fire of Christ in the darkness of our broken and fractured lives. Mary's song invites us to embrace God's gift of forgiveness and find that it is enough, that we are enough. That even though this world is fractured and broken, even though our lives are fractured and broken, even though we love with broken hearts and sing with broken voices, God takes all of our broken pieces and puts them together to create a beautiful mosaic of the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. God takes all of our little fires, which on their own are so easy to snuff out, and puts them together to create a light that shines in the darkness of this world, pointing all to the coming kingdom of our God, for a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overwhelm it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said.